Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Because, you know, I'm used to doing it on Sunday (laughs) for how many years. So we are now on Saturdays at 12 o'clock. And this is the Indigo Room where we discuss all things spiritual. And by that I mean that you, 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 and you and me, we are all uh, non-physical spiritual beings having physical human experiences, life even though it is wicky-wacky from time to time. Sometimes, more than not, um, it really is good. It's good to be alive. It's good to be here. It's good to be present. And when life gets wicky-wacky, because sometimes it does, that's when you can reach into your toolbox and take out something that will help you to either navigate it or feel better or drop it like it's hot. And um, I am your host for the Indigo Room, Sydney Chase, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Linda, as always, my wonderful sidekick, been with us for years, is here as well. Hi, Linda. Hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Oh, look, Yaren is here, too. And Deborah's here from Cleveland. She's on the line. Uh, and guest four. Not sure, again, who guest four is, but welcome. Um, we are going to be reading today a little bit more, of course. We're going to finish the whole book, but we're going to be reading Neville, Resurrection. Last week, we had a big snowstorm here in New York City, and I was buried under 31 inches of snow. So, um, you know, the lines were all wicky-wacky, and I just, uh we we didn't do the show. So we're back this week and um good to be good to be back, good to be seen and see you all and hear you all. Um I hope that you are if you're not reading, you know, Neville Resurrection with us, that, you know, you take some time and read it yourself. 
I also, um, just as an aside before we get to the reading, want to say thank you to a new Indigo room roomie, Debbie Andrew. Debbie Andrews. She was uh, with us, tried to get with us last week, and uh, she couldn't really um, pop in because I'm not sure. Something was going on with her um, Internet connection, not last week, but the week before. And um, she has been, you know, listening to the Indigo Room, all the back shows. She says she listens to them every day. And um, I just want to say thank you to her because she sent us, uh, you know, a little little love uh, donation and um, a little love tide. And uh, thank you. I just want to say thank you to you. She dropped it in her PayPal. She is in the U.K., which I didn't realize. I don't know why I thought she was in Chicago with you, but for some bizarre reason. And then I realized that she's in the U.K., so... Um, just want to give a big shout out to Miss Debbie Andrews and say hi and uh, thank you for for being with us. Now I do want to. She said I could share this with you all. Um, she wrote a message to me. This is how I fa- I found out she was listening. See, sometimes people listen and I don't know they're listening. I don't need to know that you're listening to the show, but um. Sometimes people listen to the show and they find things here that are, are useful for them and, you know, they let me know. And that's always good because sometimes, you know, how I get, I go, oh, nobody's listening. Let me just go and read it myself. <laughs> let me just go do it myself. Forget everybody. And then, you know, I'll get something. So I have, I haven't checked who's listening to the Indigo Room anymore, or what's going on, but people find us, and um, ooh, oops, and there you have it. So I'm just going to share what she wrote. Um, she said, well, it's all thanks to your positive vibration, Sydney, and listening to your podcast all day and every day for a year that has truly transformed my life. I still have a long way to go, but I am feeling so positive and I have seen so many changes and I am feeling truly blessed. I listen to your shows all day, every day. I send love and light and blessings to you and everybody at the Indigo Room. See, she didn't forget all of (laughs) y'all. Your messages are so uplifting for me and you make me laugh out loud at, at some of the things that you say. Thank you so much for your uh, kind words, and I can honestly say that I have received all that you have sent, as I just feel so elated and powerful. Thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, you are certainly fulfilling your mission in this life as a messenger of the truth and the light. I also have to say that I'm so grateful to have been guided to listen to your shows. The teacher did appear for me in the form of you, Sydney. Thank you so much. Many blessings, 2016. Let's get this party started. <laughs> so um, she says that her, her son listens to the show sometimes with her and her um, husband. So uh, just so that you all know, you will, you are doing a great work every time that you share something here because you never know who might be listening 
um, to your stories. And sometimes, you know, you may think nobody's, no, what I'm doing is not significant, but it is at some point. It may be significant for somebody else. So I want to thank you all for being a part of the Indigo Room um, all this time. Some of you have been here since the beginning. <laughs> when we only had seven listeners, seven downloads. Um, so uh, it's good to be here. Anyway, we are reading Neville, The Resurrection. I love this book. I love it. Um, something that I started redoing again myself is, is you know, meditating to the binaural beats. Remember those, Linda? You remember those when we were doing the binaural? Yes. yes. Yeah. I, uh, I have been uh, using them in my meditation again because, you know, I slacked off. And, wow, what a change in my life, so I'm going to have to, I guess, maybe upload, I'm going to be uploading some meditations with those for those of you um, that might want to use them, but it's really good in helping with you when you're doing your imaginings, because, you know, when you, you meditate all day long, because your thoughts, you pray all day long, your thoughts are your constant prayer. So remember, you know, whatever you're thinking about all the time, you know, over and over, because we let our imaginations run amok. Instead of controlling them, it controls us. So you really want to be able to to control what it is that you're thinking and imagining all the time. Catch yourself, you know, in those moments when you got this this tape running over and over and over and over and over and over in your in your head. So last week when I was, you know, inundated with the snow, I'm, I was out walking with Miss Cleopatra because you know she loves the snow, but she couldn't really handle it too much because she started to drown in it because she's a little dog. <laughs> um, but I was out with her one day, and it occurred to me, you know, like. If you think about it, I want you to all ponder this. When, if you can remember that far back, when did you start thinking to yourself and talking to yourself? When did that happen? Think about that. You know, you... You find now, you know, because all of this spirituality stuff is, is out and, you know, people are talking more about, you know, your thoughts and create your reality and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, you get on this, this bandwagon. You go, okay, I'm going to change my thoughts and, you know, I'm gonna, everything's going to be wonderful. Life's going to be fabulous because I'm not, I'm just going to think about good things. Yeah, but when did you start thinking to yourself? When was that? Was it two? Was it three? Was it one? Was it before, was it five years five years old? Now, fast forward to where you are now, today. That's a lot of thinking, right? I'm not saying that you have to go all the way back to that point point in your life and change, you know, those thoughts. But think about that. Think about your environment. Think about what was around you and how you were processing the world. And when you 
look at that, then you can, and you fast forward to where you are now, you can kind of see what you created. Maybe it's great, maybe it's wonderful, maybe it's not. So you have this opportunity to stand where you are and, you know, start to shift all that. Linda, it sounded like you were getting ready to say something. No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. I thought I heard you. But do you remember when you started thinking to yourself? I don't know. I think I might have been, like, consciously, you know, aware that I was thinking to myself when I might have four or five. Yeah, that sounds about, oh, I'm sure it was sooner than that. For me, I know it was sooner than that, maybe when I was two or so. Because I would uh, drag people around and... I learned the names of all the rocks that my dad had for sale, and I would take people out and tell them what all the rock names were and stuff. So I must have been thinking that. It might have been for me, but I mean, my daddy. I was consciously aware that I was thinking to myself about four or five. Hmm. <clears throat> I rem- I have memories of stuff before then. <laughs> I have memories. But I think when I started talking to myself or consciously aware that I was thinking to myself might have been for for me. But that's cool. So think about that and where you are now. All those thoughts. Where did they go? They manifested into something. Who you are today. Just something for you to ponder. Ponder, ponder. All right, so we are going to be <laughs> reading Chapter 5. And um, it's the book Resurrection by Neville. If you don't have it, you might want to get it. And um, it's the Law of Thought Transmission. And New York is in the house. I'm thinking that might be Painter. So hi, New York. And uh, let's get started. I think... Um, Deborah may want to read as well today. So I'm going to read the first, let's see, first couple of pages, and then we'll stop and everybody else can read if they'd like. Chapter 5, Law of Thought Transmission, is the name of the chapter. And if if it's not Chapter 5 for you, it might be on page 27 if you have the physical book. If you have the PDF file, I'm not sure what page it's on. Um, He went... He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He transmitted the consciousness of health, and it awoke its vibratory correlate in the one toward whom it was directed. He mentally represented the subject to himself in a state of health and imagined he heard the subject confirm it. For no word of God shall be void of power, therefore hold fast the pattern of helpful words which thou hast heard. To pray successfully, you must have clearly defined objectives. You must know what you want before you can ask for it. You must know what you want before you can feel that you have it. And prayer is the feeling of fulfilled desire. 
It is not petitions like, oh, God, please give me money. (laughs) It is not, oh, God, please make me feel better. Oh, God, please find me a husband or a wife. It's not that. Prayer, successful prayer, and prayer is the feeling of of the fulfilled desire. It does not matter. Let me just tell you how 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 great how easily it does work if you remember. Yesterday I went to the grocery store and while I was shopping I really could taste fish. I wanted fish and macaroni and cheese <laughs> and collard greens and sweet potatoes. And I bought the sweet potatoes, I bought cheese, because I had the feeling, I was tasting it in my mouth. I could taste it all, right? And um, I didn't get the fish, but I got, like, this really thin sliced chicken, and I wanted muffins with it. I just wanted, I just, that's what I wanted. I could taste it. I said, okay, I'm going to go home, and that's what I'm having. When I got home, opened the door to my apartment, my neighbor had brought over, it was waiting for me, she had brought over fish, fried fish, macaroni and cheese, four cheese, collard greens, muffins. She added an extra bonus of cake and sweet potatoes. I almost fell out because I had the desire, but it was also, I tasted it. I could taste it in my mouth as I was walking around in the grocery store. I had the feeling of it. And it manifested right on my table, and I didn't have to cook it. That is what Neville talks about. That is what he's saying to us. You have to get that feeling so, it has to be so visceral. You have to, what does it taste like? What does it feel like? Everything she cooked tasted like I was tasting, like like I had, that it tasted exactly like I had imagined in the grocery store. And it was a short trip. It was a short imagining. I was still thinking about it as I got on the bus to come home with my bags. And then I let it go. And there it was, fully cooked. I didn't have to do a thing. So you can't tell me it doesn't work. Anyway, (laughs) it does not matter what it is you seek in prayer, like my fish dinner, or where it is or whom it concerns. You have nothing to do but convince yourself of the truth of that which you desire to see manifested. When you emerge from prayer, you no longer seek, right? Because If you know it's already done, why are you looking for it? For you have it, for if you have, wait, wait, for you have, if you have prayed correctly, subconsciously assumed the reality of the state thought. And by the law of reversibility, your subconscious assumption must objectify that which it affirms. You must have a conductor to transmit a force. You may employ a wire, a jet of water, a current of air, a ray of light, or any intermediary whatsoever. The principle 
of the photophone or the transmission of voice by light will help you to understand thought transmission or the sending of a word to heal another. There is a strong analogy between a spoken voice and a mental voice. But remember, the person also has to be open to receive it because you know where it will come back. Even if you send love and light to somebody, if they don't want it, it will come right back to you, which is still a blessing, so you could go ahead and send it out. To think is to speak low. To speak is to think aloud. The principle of the photophone is this. A ray of light is reflected by a mirror and projected to a receiver at a distant point. A ray of light is reflected by a mirror and projected to a receiver at a distant point. Back of the mirror is a mouthpiece. By speaking into the mouthpiece, you cause the mirror to vibrate. Just imagine. Can you imagine all of this? Get in your imagination while I'm, while I'm talking. Don't read the words. Just listen. A vibrating mirror modifies the light reflected on it. But the modified light has your speech to carry, not as speech, but as represented in its mechanical correlate. It reaches the distant station and impings on a disc within the receiver. It causes the disc to vibrate according to the modification it undergoes, and it reproduces your voice. Like right now, I'm holding this page, and I'm talking. I just have a page in my hand, right, because I have this paperback book of Neville. And as I'm speaking, I can feel the vibration from my voice on the page. That's not even a mirror. I'm not even trying to do what he's doing, but I can feel the vibration. It's ever so slight, but I can feel it. So that's what he's talking about. And it reproduces your voice, the vibration. I am the light of the world. I am the knowledge that I exist is a light by means of which what of which what passes on my mind is rendered visible. Memory, or my ability to mentally see what is not objectively present, proves that my mind is a mirror, and so sensitive a mirror that it can reflect a thought. The perception of an image in memory in no way differs as a visual act from the perception of my image in a mirror. The same principle of seeing is involved in both. Y'all understand what that what he's saying here? Or do I have to re do I have to explain it a little bit better? Do you get it? Is anybody confused? If you're confused, raise your hand in the chat. <laughs> do you get what he's saying? Do you get what Neville is saying? Your consciousness is the light reflected on the mirror of your mind and projected in space to the one of whom you think. By mentally speaking 
to the subjective image in your mind, you cause the mirror of your mind to vibrate. Your vibrating mind modifies the light of consciousness reflected on it. The modified light of consciousness reaches the one toward whom it is directed and impings on the mirror of his mind. It causes his mind to vibrate according to the modification it undergoes. Thus, it reproduces in him what was mentally affirmed by you. And you can do that with anything, not just people. You could do it with food, <laughs> money, help, whatever. Your beliefs, your fixed attitude of mind constantly modify your consciousness as it is reflected on the mirror of your mind. Your consciousness, modified by your beliefs, objectifies itself in the conditions of your world, your world. Not necess- I'm not talking about the world at large. I'm talking about yours, your world. You know, if there's if there's 6.5 billion people on the planet, there are 6.5 billion worlds simultaneously being created all at the same time. To change the world, your world, to change your world, the world, you must first change your conception of it. To change a man, you must change your conception of him. You must believe him to be the man you want him to be and mentally talk to him or her as though he or she were. All men and women are sufficiently sensitive to reproduce your beliefs of them. Therefore, If your word is not reproduced visibly in him toward whom it is sent, the cause is to be found in you, not in the subject. As soon as you believe in the truth of the state affirmed, results follow. Everyone can be transformed. Every thought can be transmitted. Every thought can be visibly embodied. Every single one. So, you know, like think back to when you first started thinking to yourself. Think back. I'm not talking about like, you know, when you were 20 and, you know, by that time you have already, you have already created a whole host of beliefs. 15, at the age of 15, you have created a whole host of beliefs. 10, maybe. Go back, go back, go back. When did you start thinking to yourself? And again, fast forward to where you are now in your life. That's a lot of thoughts, yo. (laughs) That's a lot. And if we have, uh, what is it? What does it say? I think it's, is it 50,000 thoughts a day? Is that what it is? Do you remember, Linda? No. I think it's a lot. Like, yeah. I'm like stunned. <laughs> what? What'd you say? 
No, I just like I would be. I'm. I would. I was stunned when I saw the number. I was like, "What? <laughs> no." <laughs> so when you figure, you know it, how how many thoughts go through your head in just a minute, you don't slow your mind down. Right. Now, now multiply that by when you first became conscious that you were thinking to yourself. That's a lot of that's a lot of money in the bank, or could have been. That's a lot of health, or could have been. That's a lot of wealth. That's a lot of perfection. That's a lot. But we didn't know, of course. You know, I'm not saying that you're. What you don't know, you don't know. But when you know, when you do know better, you you do better. You know, but we didn't know at three or four back then because you know, like nobody was teaching us that you know your thoughts become your reality, so focus on good stuff. No, nobody was telling us that. They were telling us, you know, listen, you got to learn your ABCs, share your toys, and listen to mommy and daddy, you know, and you maybe you have chaos going on in your in your family life. Who knows? I don't know what you were going through. I, I just know what I had experienced, you know, and not saying that your life was bad or it was good or whatever. I'm just talking about how many thoughts, how many thoughts you have had since you've been on the planet. So you have a really delicious opportunity when you open your eyes every single day to shift that off, to change, you know, because the law of reversibility is in play. What, you, what you've created, you can uncreate and change and shift and, and do something different, think something different. But that's a lot of thoughts. If you're thinking, we got... If it's if it's sixty thousand, I think it was sixty thousand thoughts a day, twenty four hours. <sighs> and you've been on the planet how many days? That's a lot of thinking. Um, where were we? Subjective words, subconscious assumptions. Awaken what they affirm. They are living and active and shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which I please and shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent them. They are endowed with the intelligence pertaining to their mission and will persist until the object of their existence is realized. See, that's really key right there, right? They are endowed with the intelligence pertaining to their mission and will persist until the object of their existence is realized. They persist until they awaken the vibratory correlates of themselves within the one toward whom they are directed. But the moment the object of their creation is accomplished, they cease to be. The word spoken subjectively in quiet confidence will always awaken a corresponding state in the one for whom it was spoken. But the moment its task is accomplished, it ceases to be, permitting the one in whom the state is realized to remain in the consciousness of the state affirmed or to return to their former state. So it's almost like your words cast a spell. Once once your words are out, you know, it's you're persisting in that in that thought pattern. You know, my my boss is a bum. 
My boss is a bum. My boss is a bum. So you'll keep that alive. And he can't do anything. He can't be anything other than a bum in your world. He may be a nice guy to everybody else, but he's a bum to you. <laughs> so my boss is a bum. Every day you think, oh, i got to go to this job. My boss is a bum. <laughs> oh, i got to go to this job. My boss, he's a bum. Well, he will continue to do that because you are the one that's casting the words out. You're the one that's casting the thoughts out. So that's what you are creating in your experience. Even if you left that job and you went to a different job, you would create a boss that's a bum. Until you stop and you start to shift. Ah, Okay, Yaren, what do you mean? Explain which one, which thing do you need me to explain? He said it's 182,000, wait, 182,000,000,000 thoughts a year. 500,000 thoughts a year. 182,000,000,000 thoughts a year. That's what it turns out to. But what do you want me to explain? The mirror. Oh, okay. So... If you're thinking, um, how can I best get it around to you? Well, okay, let me go back and explain the mirror. If you are, where's the page? Where were we? Okay. He's trying to get us to understand how voice transmission works, right? Because you're hearing my voice now, and it's it's how the voice is transmitted and um, reflected. In the beginning, back then, right, they used the mirror for that purpose to explain this whole thing. So if you are, um, the mirror vibrates. Right? It shifts, it changes, it shakes what is the image, changes the image that's in the mirror when you think about it. If you if you vibrate a mirror, right? I'm not saying that the the um the 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 the, the image gets a little distorted. So um when that vibration now reaches this person, be it good, be it bad, be it whatever, because it's coming from you, it's reflected in the mirror, and it bounces back out the way you have sent it. It's sort of like um, your subconscious is a clean slate, right? It's this clean slate that will reflect for you whatever it is that you send out. So... If I'm sending out a message of hate, my subconscious is like a mirror. And it goes, oh, okay, boom, you send out this message. It's not really going to change it, but you're shifting it. It's directing the energy towards someone else, right? Now, we think I'm just thinking this to myself. I'm just having these thoughts myself. Nobody knows that I'm having these thoughts about my bum boss, right? 
you talk about it, it comes out in your speech. You have these, because it's going to come out in your speech. It, it has to, eventually. It's not just something that you're going to keep inside. You may go home and say it out loud. You look in the mirror and you say, he's a bum. My boss is a bum. He's a bum. He's a bum. He's a bum. Bing! It pings through the mirror, right? Comes back out towards your boss, whom it's reflected. He cannot help but be anything but a bum boss to you. And it comes right back around. Poof! And it shows up. And you say, see, I told you he was a bum because he'll do something crazy or whatever that you don't like, specifically geared towards you. It's like a little vicious cycle that keeps happening, goes around and around. Does that make sense? So it's, the, the, it's this clean slate of, you know, whatever. You send out words. It gets reflected in the mirror. The mirror comes back and shoots it out. Oh, so it shoots it out, finds the person that you're directing it to, and it shoots it out towards that person. That person now acts a crazy way, sends it back towards the mirror. It's reflected back to you. You can't shift or change because you refuse to see anything different. And so it comes back to you. The image comes back to you as a bum boss. Is that making sense? Goes out. It's the mirror. Reflects back. To whom it's directed, he acts a certain way, reflects back to the mirror, this is what I'm acting, comes back to you, yes, that's true. I told you he was true. He's a bum boss. Yaren, are you there? Can you still hear me? I don't know if he got it. Okay, does that make sense to you now? A little bit better? Okay. Just say yes, it makes... (laughs) Okay, all right. You can listen to it again. You, You look at the... Let's just say that he was standing, your boss was standing in front of the mirror with you. You are now looking at the mirror, sending him messages of distaste. He's terrible. He's a terrible man. He's 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 horrific. In the mirror, you see him. He's this terrible person. Your messages vibrate with the mirror, and you you can't see anything other than a terrible person until you shift and change what you are thinking about him. So when you send out love, he's great, he's wonderful. He may not be reflecting that yet to you, but that's what you're sending out. He can't help but now, you know, start to change or actually move out of your experience. One of the other things is going to happen. Because he's reflecting, he's reflecting what you see, what you are stating. He's reflecting that back to you. A mirror is a reflection, right? So you send out messages of this. He reflects back message exactly what you're sending out. So Linda, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. 
Do you want to pick up and read? Sure. We're starting at what, whatever state has your attention. Yeah. And then um, we'll let uh, Deborah read after you. So go ahead with whatever has your attention. Okay. Whatever state has your attention holds your life. Therefore, to become attentive to a former state is to return to that condition. Remember, not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Nothing can be added to man where the whole of creation is already perfected within him. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Man can receive nothing Heaven is your subconscious. Not even the sun, not even a sunburn is given from without. The rays without only awaken corresponding rays within. Were the burning rays not contained within man, all the concentrated rays in the universe could not burn him. Were the tones of health not contained within the consciousness, of the one of whom they are affirmed, they could not be vibrated by the word which is set. You do not really give to another. You resurrect that which is asleep within him. The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Death is merely a sleeping and a forgetting. Age and decay are the sleep not, death of youth and health. Recognition of a state vibrates or awakens it. Decision as it is cognizized by your objective senses does not exist for the subjective mind. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me. Time and space are conditions of thought. The imagination content can transcend them and move in a psychological time and space. Although physically separated from a place by thousands of miles, you can mentally live in the distant place as though it were here. Your imagination can easily transform winter into summer, New York into Florida, and so on. Whether the object of your desire be near or far, results will be the same. Subjectively, the object of your desire is never far off. Its intense nearness makes it remote from observation of the senses. It dwells in consciousness, and consciousness is closer than breathing and nearer than hands and feet. Consciousness is the one and only reality. All phenomena are formed of the same substance vibrating at different rates. All is consciousness modified by belief. Out of consciousness, I as man came, and to consciousness, I as man returned. In consciousness, all states exist subjectively and are awakened to their objective existence by belief. The only thing that prevents us from making a successful subjective impression on one at a great distance or transforming there into here is our habit of regarding space as an obstacle. 
Okay, pause. So we make the obstacle, right? Because in in reality, in sub, in the subjective, when he's talking about the subjective, he's talking about your subconscious. He's talking about within. There is no distance. There is no space. There is none. We make that because it's objective. Well, she's too far away. It can't happen, you know. But as a healer that Linda is, she uses healing energies, she knows that that's not the case. There is no time and space. Am I right or wrong? Yes, you're right. So our thoughts, depending on us and what our belief about that is, will determine what, how fast or how quickly things shift or change. Because we put the obstacles, we believe the obstacle is there. Well, she's too far away, or he's too far away, I can't help them. Because you think you have to be next to that person in order to, physic- in order to be able to help them. You can help them with your thoughts. If you are using your thoughts in a controlled manner, Self-control. You know, I have to catch myself often. <laughs> All right. Woosa. Get, it's, it is work. It's great work if you look at it that way. It doesn't have to be bad work. You don't have to, like, huff and puff and, oh, my God, I can't get this. Sydney, what are you talking about? You know, my boss is a pain in the behind. He drives me nuts. Now think about that, what you're thinking, uh, you're stating to yourself. We're just using this as an example. I don't know if any of y'all have a crazy boss and that's how you feel. I'm just saying. So you can do that with anyone. It doesn't have to be. The person doesn't have to be physically standing next to you in order for you to change or help them. They don't. There is no time or space in the subconscious, in the subjective thought. And the other thing that um, you read was that the kingdom of heaven is within you. Did you all realize that? Everybody's out here seeking it on the outside. It's in. It's within. So you can receive nothing except it be given from heaven, from within. That's where heaven lies. Everything. So if you think, if you're thinking right now, well, every time I go out in the sun, I get burned. That is your experience. And I'm not saying that you're not going to go out in the sun and get burned to death. That's not what I'm saying. You have to really, really dig deep in those 182 million five hundred thousand thoughts that you thought this year and shift and change that. You've got to go deep in order for you to understand that you are really this powerful being that can create and uncreate. Powerful. Okay, Linda. A friend a thousand miles away is rooted in your consciousness through your fixed ideas of him. To think of him and represent him to yourself inwardly in the state you desire him to be 
confident that the subjective image is as true as, though it were already objectified, awakens in him a corresponding state which he must objectify. The results will be as obvious as the cause was hidden. The subject will express the awakened state within him and remain unaware of the true cause of his action. Your illusion of free will is but ignorance of the causes which make you act. Prayers depend upon your attitude of mind for their success and not upon the attitude of the subject. Subject has no power to resist your controlled subjective ideas of him unless the state affirmed by you to be true of him is a state he is incapable of wishing as true of another. In that case, it returns to you, the sender, and will realize itself in you. Provided the idea is acceptable, success depends entirely on the operator, not upon the subject who, like compass needles on their pivots, are quite indifferent to as to which direction you choose to give them. If your fixed idea is not subjectively accepted by the one towards whom it is directed, it rebounds to you from whom it came. Who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Therefore shall no evil happen to the just. Nothing befalls us that is not of the nature of ourselves. A person who directs a malicious thought to another will be injured by its rebound if he fails to get subconscious acceptance of the other. As ye sow, so shall ye reap. Furthermore, what you can wish and believe of another can be wished and believed of you, and you have no power to reject it if the one who desires it for you accepts it as true of you. The only power to reject a subjective word is to be incapable of wishing a similar state of another. To give presupposes the ability to receive. Possibility to impress an idea upon another mind presupposes the ability of that mind to receive that impression. Fools exploit the world, the wise transfigure it. It is the highest wisdom to know that in the living universe there is no destiny other than that created out of the imagination of man. There is no influence outside of the mind of man. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Never accept as true of others what you would not want to be true of you. To awaken a state within another, it first must be awake within you. The state you would transmit to another can be transmitted only if it is believed by you. Therefore, to give is to receive. You cannot give what you do not have, and you have only what you believe. So to believe a state as true of another 
not only awakens the state within the other, but it makes it alive within you. You are what you believe. Okay. Pause. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reading. I'm going to let um, uh, Deborah read in a minute. And Deborah, uh, just we're on page 12. Give and ye shall receive is the next uh, paragraph. When you're ready, I'll, um, I'm going to unmute you. Um, if you think on things that are lovely and true, whatsoever things are of good report, then these things will start to change your beliefs. My underlying belief was fear for a long time, Yaren. I was major, major, major. Worry, doubt, fear was huge in my in my life. It's not huge anymore. Don't get me wrong. I still have, you know, these moments when I get afraid of something or whatever. And um, I go, I catch myself when I, when I am feeling afraid or I am uh, feeling wicky-wacky. Because, you know, I get wicky-wacky just like the next person. And um, I go, I go back to things that worked for me before, and um, I stay there. You know, you just because you have fear is not a bad thing. Just you can't look at it as, oh my God, you know, this is terrible. I'm never going to get out of it, because what happens is that keeps the cycle going. So you have tools. I, I mean, I use. I'll pull out the arsenal. I'll start my journaling. I, I journal, you know, I give it over to to the higher part of myself. I will stick with my statements over and over in my mind until I feel um, feel the relief. Because if you continue to ponder on those things that feel big to you and overwhelming, it will continue to be big and overwhelming if you look at it that way. So the best tools I can say, you know, that work for me is I will, and this is something that, you know, I learned from school, right? Just being a kid. When you get caught chewing gum at class. You're not supposed to be chewing gum in your class. And your teacher says, Okay, Sid, you you wanna you wanna chew gum in class? You you wanna you want to talk in class? I asked you specifically to be quiet and you kept talking and whispering to your neighbor. Tonight your homework is to write a hundred times, I will not chew gum in class. I will not talk to my neighbor. And then bring it in to me tomorrow and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we looked at that as a punishment. And one of the things that my guides did one day, and they said, remember when you used to do that? And, you know, it was a punishment for you. How about now you shift that around and you write out your statement, whatever that may be. I am healthy. I am um, strong. I, I have courage. I am, I am courageous. 
over and over. I have notebooks filled. Oh, you say, oh, Sydney, I don't have time for that. Okay, so don't, you know, maybe you don't have time for that. I find time. <laughs> 15 minutes in my day. You got 15 minutes, you know. Maybe you're sitting at your desk at work and you have a little journal, a little notebook that you carry around. I carry around a notebook with me all the time, all the time. There are moments when you're on the on the train or maybe you're riding to work or somebody's driving you around your car and you write. So don't let nobody see it. Somebody says, what are you writing? None of your business. <laughs> this is for me. <clears throat> I would be on my movie sets and writing my I am statement or whatever statements, over and over and over. I am I am one of the, the ones that I love that sticks with me. It's stuck, it's stuck there now is I am, I am health, I am wealth, I am um, free, I am rich, I am healthy, I am wealthy, and I am free. That's from Neville. I wrote that until my hands hurt. Now that's part of my, my go-to. So it takes you to do the work, you know. It takes you because... Because you're not doing the work, you don't think that the work is going to do you. You know, your subconscious is, is, is going to reflect out to you what you put in. So it's just like when people say, well, you know, you get, you, you, you want this job? Well, you'll get what you put in. You, you work hard. You know, we're told to work hard. Well, nobody ever told you to work hard within but that you, you sometimes you have to do that there there are times when you have to get in there and do and do the do the do the dishes cuz the sink is full and nobody's going to do the dishes unless you get in there and wash them they ain't going to do themselves you know so you have to I'm answering Yaren's question because Yaren was what if your underlying belief is fear self-distrust lack of confidence how do you get under this fear and view life from a positive perspective. That's what you do. You get under it, and you start doing the work. You start doing the. You start cleaning the dishes, one dish at a time. The whole sink is not going to get uh, uh, done if you look at it and go, "Oh my God, there's just what are you going to do? Take all the dishes and put them in the trash, and then go out and buy new dishes? You could do that, but you're also going to have to eventually." Wash those. So you fill up the sink. You put some Dawn in there. Let it get all bubbly. And you start washing the dishes one dish at a time. That's all. You cannot eat the elephant whole, but you can eat a whole elephant one bite at a time. I don't want to, I don't want you to eat elephants. <laughs> Because we love elephants. I don't want you to eat the elephant. I'm just saying, that's how you eat an elephant, right? It's huge, it's whole, it's big. You can't eat it all at once. You have to take human bites, one bite at a time, one dish at a time, one fear at a time. Tackle that one at a time. When you do finish with that one, tackle the next one at a time. Each one, not everything at once. Because if you try to do everything at once, you're just defeating your whole self. One at a time. Take one at a time. 
which one right now is stressing me the most, and rewrite your story, rewrite your feeling, rewrite your perspective. Because there's so many wonderful things happening on the planet. There's just as many crazy things happening on the planet. You can't change the whole planet. You can change your world, though. You can do that one thing at a time. And as you tackle that one thing, the next one is not as overwhelming because now you have some confidence in yourself. Yeah, I could do this. Next. Tackle that. Get that under control. Next. And that's how you start to gain your confidence. That's how you have that's how you do the work. One thing at a time. The dishes will get done, but they won't get done if you if you if you say I can't do them all. They'll get done. If you say I do one at a time, eventually it'll get done. Maybe you're in pain and it hurts a lot to do that. But that's okay. Do it one at a time. All right. Let me unmute Deborah. Thank you, Linda, for reading. Oh, my goodness. It's already an hour. So just read a little bit. Time sure flies. Hi, Deborah. Hello. How are you doing? Great. I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome to hear. Okay, you ready to read? Yeah. Let her rip. Okay. Give and ye shall receive. Full measure, pressed down and running over. Giving is simply believing. For what you truly believe of others, you awaken within them. The vibratory state transmitted by your belief persists until it awakens its corresponding vibration in him of whom it is believed. But before it can be transmitted, it must first be awake within the consciousness of the transmitter. Okay, turn the page here. Hold on one second. What? What? Whatever is awake within your consciousness you are, whether the belief persists, I mean, I'm sorry, pertains to self or another does not matter, or the believer is defined by the sum total of his beliefs or subconscious assumptions. As a man thinketh in his heart, in the deep subconscious of himself, so is he. Disregard appearances, and subjectively affirm as true that which you wish to be true. This awakens in you the tone of the state affirmed. One second. Which in turn realizes itself in you and in the one of whom it is affirmed. Give and ye shall receive. Beliefs invariably awaken what they affirm. The world is a mirror wherein everyone sees himself reflected. The objective world reflects the belief of the subjective mind. Some people are self-impressed best by visual images, others by mental sounds, and still others by mental actions. The form of mental activity which allows the whole power of your attention 
to be focused in one chosen direction is the one to cultivate until you can bring all to play on your objective at the same time. Should you have some difficulty in understanding the terms visual images, mental sounds, and mental actions, here is an illustration that should make their meaning clear. A, imagines he sees a piece of music, knowing nothing at all about musical notation. The impression in his mind is a purely visual image. B, imagines he sees the same piece, but he can read music and can imagine how it would sound when played on the piano. That imagination is mental sound. C also reads music and is a pianist. As he reads, he imagines himself playing the piece. The imaginary action is mental action. The visual images, mental sounds, and mental actions are creations of your imagination. And though they appear to come from without, they actually come from within yourself. They move as if moved by another, but are really launched by your own spirit from the magical storehouse of imagination. They are projected into space by the same vibratory law that governs the sending of a voice or picture. Speech and images are projected not as speech or images, but as vibratory correlates. Subjective mind vibrates according to the modification it undergoes by the thoughts and feelings of the operator. The visible state created is the effect of this subjective vibration. A feeling is always accompanied by a corresponding vibration, that is, a change in expression or sensation in the operator. There is no thought or feeling without expression. No matter how motionless you appear to be, if you reflect with any degree of intensity, there is always an execution of slight muscular movement. The eye, though shut, follows the movement of the imaginary object according to the brightness or the remoteness of, these ob- of those objects. Respiration is accelerated or slowed according to the course of your thoughts. The muscles contract correspondingly to your mental movement. Turn the page one second. This 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 change of vibration persists until it awakens a corresponding vibration in the subject, which vibration then expresses itself in a physical fact. And the word was made flesh. Energy, as you see in the case of radio, is transmitted and received in a field, a place where changes in space occur. The field and energy are one and inseparable. The field or subject becomes the embodiment of the word or energy received. The thinker and the thought, the operator and the subject, 
the energy and the field are one. Were you still enough to hear the sound of your belief, you would know what is meant by the music of the spheres. The mental sound you hear in prayer as coming from without are really produced by yourself. Self-observation will reveal this fact. As the music of the spheres is defined as the harmony heard by the gods alone and is supposed to be produced by the movements of the celestial spheres, so, too, is the harmony you subjectively hear for others heard by you alone and is produced by the movements of your thoughts and feelings in the true kingdom or heaven within you. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. You're welcome. You sounded very powerful today. I like that. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, love, I love reading Neville. And every time I read it, it seems as if I either pick up a new nugget right. or remember a nugget that I had remembered before and had maybe had slacked off using or something. Yeah. That's why rereading it is very, very um, helpful because, you know, the first reading, maybe you power through it. We've talked about this before. And then you have to reread it again. And you know you're at a different you're at a different awareness when you read it a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I don't know how many times, but you know you're always. I always pick up something and I go, oh yeah, right. You know, because you you say you got it the first time. I don't never. I don't have to read. Yes, I read Neville. I don't need to read it again. Yeah, you do. Uh, the first time I read Neville, I had a headache. I didn't uh-huh. understand anything. The first time I read Resurrection, I had a headache. <laughs> the second time I read it, I I just didn't even know. I just I just barely started to comprehend. It wasn't until the third time that it started to make any sense to me whatsoever. Right. Right. So Reverend Knight said Reverend Knight said that next to the Bible, this was his favorite book. He, yes. he told he told his audience members he said to get that book and read it and never stop reading it. And he said it was the best example uh, or explanation of, of visualization that he had ever come across. I remember that's how, remember that's when Ike said that. I remember when he said that as well. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I I know that he got. Study with ne- oh, he got to talk to Neville and and um to Neville, and that's how he actually started reading res- res- um, Resurrection. Him mm. and I sit down. <laughs> I can believe that. Huh? I can believe that. I mean, because you know, I mean, he has his own flair and style. But I mean, every thing, every much I've read in Neville, you you hear from Reverend Ike, but just in a way that. I could comprehend a little bit easier until I began to really study Neville right. uh, more intensely. But yes, he, Urban Ike was amazing. Yep, and Neville started started with Abdullah, so you know. He I know, isn't that amazing? I would have loved to have met Abdullah. Abdullah just disappeared. We don't know anything about Abdullah anymore. Oh, I know. And he told that story 
uh, that story where he tells about uh, Abdullah shutting the door in his face, and, and he said he's not the kind of man that you would that was not an invitation for you to come in and follow after him. But he was telling him that he wanted to go to Barbados. Uh, he does, he gives a couple, maybe two, maybe three examples of Abdullah, and that's it. But that's yeah. what he learned from you. So, yeah. Awesome. And I'm very thankful that he, you know, sat down with he, Abdullah. Abdullah said, where you been? I've been waiting for you for six months. Six months. The brother told me you'd be here six months ago. You're late. <laughs> every, time I, every time I think about that, I laugh. I but know. We're going to stop here today, and I want to thank you and Linda for reading. Thank you, Yaren, for your wonderful questions, because, you know, without questions, your questions are relevant to you and someone else that may be listening. So I'm really glad that you asked those questions, and I'm really glad that you're here to do that, and you had the courage. And and See, you had courage enough to ask the question. There's some courage right there, son. (laughs) You have to pat pat yourself on the back for that. And, yes, good. I'm glad you're going back to journaling. That's a wonderful thing, too. And um, I'm I'm really, really proud of you that you asked that question because, like I said, you don't know who's listening and you don't know who's going to benefit. Linda, do you have something to share today? Nope. Nothing? Great ex- just great examples. Okay. So let's say hi to Painter. Painter, before we go, hi. Hi. I knew it was you. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, fabulous. You Thank have to you. listen, email me please at the indigo room one at AOL dot com. Okay. Did you the get indigo room one at AOL dot com? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Um thank you for the podcast. It was great. Well, I'm glad to hear your voice, my dear. Yeah, thank you. I was I'm glad you muted me before because I was sanding something and I realized that probably sounded super weird. <laughs> it sounded like you were erasing something. So I was like, okay, she oh. might be, she might be listening to us while she works. But, yeah. You know, so I figured, let me just mute you real quick. And um that's all right. You know that it happens. This is life. I, you know, I don't yeah. just about that kind of stuff at all. Okay. So, okay. It's all good. Um, so hi, Linda, and everyone. Hi. Glad to hear you. Hear your voice. Good to hear your voice too. Do you have something to share before we roll up out of here? Well, um. Or ask? Yeah, yeah, I do. But it's a really challenging question, and I don't, uh, I don't. Uh, think it can be I don't know if it can be answered in like one minute at the end of the podcast um, do you want to send just, it to me in the email um it's up to you whatever you prefer if you want if if you want I could discuss now or send it on the email or whatever go ahead I have time I, and, and you know other people may not but in, if anybody needs to leave you're more than free to go of course I'm not going to hold you here but um I'm good go ahead Okay, and so so based on my personal experience, um, 
the reading that you just read from Neville is true, with some exceptions. Um, so, like, I'll give a really, a really quick, like, obvious example. Okay. Is like I have, so. Um, I I'm kind of like in business for myself, but I work with different bosses with several different bosses. Okay. And I have like one boss that nobody likes and like everybody thinks he's a horrible person and we get along great because and he's nice to me because I do the thing that Neville that you were describing that Neville says like where you view someone in a positive light mm-hmm. and then they're able to pick Respect. up on that you view them in a positive light and then they're able to behave differently right um, and it's great because I make a lot of money because nobody else wants to work for him. <laughs> but I have a hesitation about, because I've also had the experience that, um, which I won't go into a lot, a lot of detail, but I I would do the same uh, thing for a different person. And you could do that again and again and again all day and all night, and the person will still be mean to you. And so I don't want for people listening to or reading Neville or for myself, I guess, to make this mistake where you're in a relationship, whatever it is, like a working relationship or a romantic relationship or a friendship, and then you are you are you keep perceiving the person in a positive light again and again and again and again and again and again, um, and they don't receive the offering of you perceiving them in a the positive light, no matter what you do, and then they're just mean to you all the time. And for in my experience, like you could be too nice. And then that can continue for too long. And that could be like a fruitless thing to do with your time because you could become a doormat. Well, no one said that you had to be nice to them on the outside. It's talking about what you were reflecting out outwardly, right, from within. So Yeah, right. Nobody said you had to like... Uh, sacrifice your boundaries or do anything stupid or continue to work with that person or anything like that. Well, what happens is if you continue, if you continue to send whomever it is those um, good thoughts and good energy and and you send that out, they don't receive it and they continue to be who they are or continue to act crazy or whatever it is that they're doing. That goes, it's a reflection, right? So you send it out, but guess what? It zings back to you. So it can't, it can only benefit you. And eventually that person, either you will move away from that person or that person will move away from you. But you don't have to move away from that person in anger, hate, and distrust. That person will either drop away from your experience or you will remove yourself from the experience, still being the, still sending out love, still sending out whatever you were sending out. But now if you send out hate, it comes back. You send out love, it comes back. 
So if you send me hateful thoughts and I'm still kind to you, guess who's receiving the hateful thoughts? Not me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You send out comes back to the receiver if it's not accepted. So if someone sends out a gift to someone else, it's the same thing. If I send you a gift and you say, you know what, I don't want this gift that Pink to send to me, it goes back to the sender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I mean, mindful of that. So you don't stop doing what you do. And if you look at it and you say to my, you're saying to yourself, well, it didn't work on that person, but it does work on this person. That person does not receive it. If they didn't receive it, that's because they can't. They can't imagine what you're imagining, mm-hmm. and it comes right back to you. Yeah. So I guess that wasn't really a question. I guess it was just like an obstacle. Yeah, it was just like a concern that I don't want to misinterpret what you're reading or anybody else to misinterpret and then use it as an excuse to like, because I think I've done that before where like I tried to do something like that to a person for too long and it didn't work and I should have just like left sooner rather than later. Well, it also depends on, you know, again, what we are imagining. And if we are going in and we're saying, you know, it's really, it's a very subtle thing. So if you're trying to change someone else's behavior on the outside by being nice, but on the inside you're seething, how come yeah. they're not changing? No, that, yeah, no that, that wouldn't work at all. That doesn't work, you know, and no, no, many yeah. people do those things. They do stuff on the outside, but on the inside they're going, oh, my God, this person is so ungrateful. No, I'm just thinking about when you really perceive someone in the best positive light on the inside without trying to manipulate them to do anything different. Okay. And they still cannot perceive themselves in that in the best light that you perceive them, and so they go about their life, and they're really self-destructive, and there's nothing you can do about it. No, there isn't. Yeah. But that energy is not wasted. It feels like it's wasted. (laughs) (laughs) Energy is never wasted. It's never any waste. There can never be wasted energy. So. If you take that thought and realize and remember that all of that energy that you did send out to that person and that person does not receive it, it is coming back to you in some form or fashion in your experience. Maybe it's the experience that you're having with this boss that nobody can deal with and you're making more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in that case, it worked. Uh, but in, in that case, like it worked exactly like Neville described. And then in other cases... It doesn't work, and then it feels like it does work. demoralizing. But, but it does. It, but it does. I guess, okay. I'm trying to get you to understand. It does work because it comes back to you. If you can imagine that all of that energy is not wasted and it's coming yeah. back to you now and you can use that energy for other experiences, it doesn't matter what that person on the, over there that couldn't receive your energy, couldn't receive your good thoughts, 
is doing. And we don't know right now. Maybe it's not reflected in your experience today. We don't know if that person was put in your space for you as an opportunity for you to grow. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know? So you have to, you, you don't have to, but that's how I look at it. I say, okay, this is an opportunity for me. Because I can go now and I can be a, a, a bitch, just like you. <laughs> I could be that. Okay? But here's an opportunity for me to decide, okay, you know what, let me go within and do my work. This person is getting on my last daggone nerve. Believe me, there are people that are in my experience today <laughs> that that happens with. And I continue to see them and reflect them in the best, positive imaginations that I can and one of them has just completely removed herself from my experience God bless you right awesome yeah and she's still in my work experience as a matter of fact she sits directly behind me but we don't have any dealings anymore none and that's and that's okay with me. I still send her love and light. I still am cordial. I still see her in the morning. Good morning. How are you? Bye. That's it. That's all there is. Yeah. And I have to work with you now. But everything that I send to her comes back to me. She's not able to receive it. You understand? She's not able yeah. to receive it. That's okay. That's an opportunity for me to grow. Yeah, it's. I like that. That's a nice way of thinking about it. I, I'll just be honest. Like, I can't feel or believe that to be real for myself in this moment. I just right. feel frustrated. But I really like the option of the way that you're thinking about it. Of that, the energy is somehow not going to be wasted. Like that. That's. I appreciate that you said that because it gives me a new um, way of looking at it that I didn't have before. Even though I can't immediately incorporate it because I still feel like it was a waste of time. It's a really cool, expansive belief to think about that it could not be a waste of time. Well, good. I hadn't thought about, yeah. So, you know, let that let that marinate for a while. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> let that just marinate a little oh, bit. Also, I'm wondering why nobody has knocked on my door to bring me sweet potatoes and mac and cheese yet. Since I was like fantasizing about it the whole time that you were talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, don't worry, it's coming. All of that work, all of that work when <laughs> it will manifest into some sweet potato macaroni and cheese. Just awesome. wait. <laughs> awesome. And Mr. Gary has stepped into the house. Hi. Oh, my God. I was thinking about you, and here you are. I was saying to myself as we were reading Neville, no lie, where is Gary? And here you are. And I was getting ready to come over to your Facebook page and knock on your door and say, hello, are you coming? Are you coming? And here you are. So you picked up the vibe. See? See what happens, painter? I see. It works. (laughs) I really enjoyed all of you today. And um, 
I want to thank you all for being here, and thank you, Painter, for sharing your observation, because that's a valid observation, and oh, I appreciate it, okay? Okay. I appreciate it because it has used to be my observation, and there are probably people who needed to hear that, too, today. So thank you for that, all right? Okay. <laughs> thank you, Deborah, for reading and thank you, Gary, for popping in here. We're going to be back next Saturday. Thank you, Yaren, for your questions and for being here. And um, uh, we had somebody here who was Teflon Coat. Um, and they I don't know if they, no, they're gone. So thank you all for being and joining us here today. And, um, you know, just keep doing the work. Don't give up. Be persistent. Don't give up. Don't quit. You can't quit now. You've come too far. You've come too far to give up now. I love you, and I will see you next week. Yes, Gary, we have a new day, new time. It's uh, Well, the time is the same, just a new day. It's Saturday now at 12 because, you know, on Sundays I'm working. I'm working at the Metropolitan Opera. So <laughs> I will see you all next week. I love you, and uh, be well. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.